0: Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the Maiden Fan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the largest and biggest and best heavy metal band in the world. That's right, I'm talking about Iron Maiden. What did you think it was going to be? Up the irons, everyone. Happy 2009. I hope everyone had a good holiday season and a happy New Year. Uh, For Christmas, I got a a gift card to a store and got me a brand new microphone, so I'm talking into a new m audio producer usb microphone i don't know what that means but it cost me 100 bucks so uh i don't know if that's good or not but it sounds good it feels good and uh, i'm happy to be using it on this the eighth episode of the maiden fan podcast and with a new year comes a, a new start to the podcast i'm actually going to start doing it more and, and, a, and a lot more you know i'm not going to have two episodes a year that that's crap Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been emailing me. You can always email me at maidenfanpodcast at gmail.com. I still haven't gone through all the emails because there's so many to catch up. So I'm probably going to do another one or two email episodes to get everybody's email uh, answered. And then once I'm caught up, I'll be uh, doing email segments in every single episode. Um, So, everybody knows when they think Iron Maiden, everybody thinks Bruce Dickinson. I know I do. And then maybe they think of that crazy Eddie guy on the cover. But, um, you know, before Bruce Dickinson, there was a singer. His name was Paul Deano. And uh, he had two great albums. But there was also a time where Bruce wasn't in the band. And there was a different singer. So a lot of people are familiar with the early Paul Deano years. and Everybody's familiar with the... Bruce Dickinson years. But what about the Blaze Bailey years? As I said before, I became a fan of Iron Maiden back in 1989. Seven Son of the Seven Son just came out. I was in eighth grade, and little did I know it, but this was nearing the end of the first era of Bruce Dickinson. After they released No Prayer for the Dying and Fear of the Dark, Bruce decided to leave the band. Now before leaving the band, they, they, the band got together and they made two live albums, a real live one and a real dead one, and they also had a concert that they put out on pay-per-view which later they released on video uh, as Raising Hell. Uh, It was like a magic Maiden concert with this famous magician. I actually bought it on pay-per-view and watched it all by myself. Uh, It was pretty good. And at the end, they killed off, quote-unquote, Bruce Dickinson. Because the band knew he was leaving, he knew he was leaving, and it just kind of, uh, it was like his sign-off from the band. So here I am, you know, finishing up high school, going into college, and I'm like, I guess, is this it? Is Maiden done? Have I seen the last of them? But you have to realize something. Even though Bruce Dickinson to me, is the voice of Iron Maiden. Everybody who is a fan of Maiden knows that the heart of Iron Maiden is Steve Harris. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's a Steve Harris, there's an Iron Maiden. So starting in 1994, you know, they started auditioning a little, hundreds of vocalists. Uh, before they decided upon a guy From a band called the Wolfsbane I wasn't really familiar with Wolfsbane And it's funny I remember exactly where I was When I heard Bruce came back into the band Because I saw it on the internet But uh, back in 94 I was not online So I remember talking to guys in record stores Trying to figure out who the new, singer, who the new lead singer Was going to be And it was going to be this guy from Wolfsbane Named Blaze Bailey I thought to myself, who the hell is that? And uh, it wasn't until I was a sophomore in college that a new album was released. The X Factor. And I remember coming home one weekend, my brother bought me the CD. It was sitting on my desk. He didn't listen to it yet. And we got together in front of the record player, well, the CD player, turned on the first track, and this is what we heard. of Iron Maiden Blaze Bailey Born Bailey Alexander Cook in Birmingham, England in 1963 the 45 year old singer first gained notoriety in the music world as the lead singer for the English band Band. Wolfsbane I know nothing about Wolfsbane except for the fact that their singer replaced Bruce Dickinson in my favorite band what I read about them is they got their start in 1984 they signed with Rick Rubin on his Deaf America label And uh, they actually opened up for Maiden somewhere around that time. And I guess record sales weren't that good, so uh, Deaf America dropped them. And they were actually named at one point UK's best unsigned album. So, America, once again, you've... How you ruined the world of music for us all. Anyway, they ended up getting picked up by a British label... And they released a live album. And then uh, a short while later, they put out a self-titled album, which I guess some would say, or from what I've read, is that was their best album to date. Uh, but then Bruce was tapped to be the new lead singer of Iron Maiden. Bing, bang, boom. Wolf Bang was done. And a new era of Iron Maiden was upon us. In 1995, Iron Maiden released The X Factor. Their first album in the post-Dickinson era. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you right now. Iron Maiden is my favorite band. Probably your favorite band, too. It's a good chance. I mean, you're listening to the podcast, right? I'm not a fan of The X Factor album. It's not just because blaze bailey was the singer it's not just because bruce dickinson wasn't the singer it's just that it was just too dark for me now this uh, this song you're listening to right now the sign of the cross opened up the album and when i was sitting around with my brother and we heard this we i had some hope we had some hope Uh, I thought Blaze sounded great, and uh, I thought the song was epic in in the in the stylings of "Rime of the Ancient Mariner." Long, you know, different, uh, very different in certain parts, and um, just had a good chorus. And that is basically where it ended for me. Now I was in college at the time, and I don't know if I was trying to pretend I was mature, trying to listen to different things. But uh, I, I remember putting this on my album, on my CD player, a few times, listening to it, trying to get through the whole thing. And to me, too many songs. Not only, not really. I'm not going to say they sounded the same, but they, they almost followed a formula where they start slow, they get fast. They end slow. And it just seemed to happen uh, too much for me. And, and then something about the, the the song titles bothered me too. They just didn't seem like they were very creative. Okay, Sign of the Cross, Lord of the Flies, Fortunes of War, Judgment of Heaven, The Edge of Darkness. I mean, how many songs can you have that, that, that almost sound the same and it's funny when, I, when I'm when i going through this this album listing right now here's the track listing well I'm not going to go through the track listing right now but I'm just reading it in my head and, and I'm, I'm I, I, I don't even know all these I know like look for the truth um, and if I hear them I go okay that's that song but when looking at the album title or the song titles I can't really uh, tell you which song is which for most of the songs and uh I thought, okay, there's one song I like on it, Sign of the Cross, and that's it? Well, it's not entirely true. And it wasn't until The Best of the Beast came out that I realized there was another song on there that I enjoyed. And, and that was actually my junior year of college where that came out, and I listened to that thing like crazy. And there it was, right on the album, a song not only sung by, by Blaze Bailey but written by Blaze Bailey with Yannick Gurz on The Best of the Beasts, also on The X Factor, and I didn't realize how much I liked it the first time around. But I'm definitely happy I rediscovered it. I'm getting a feeling. I'm getting a feeling in my bones. I feel like I have to sing along. Come on, you know the words. If you don't, look them up. Come on, everybody. The freeway is jammed and it's backed up for miles.
1: The car is in love bed and thinking is wild. Nothing is ever the way it should be. What we deserve, we don't get to see it. Screw up. A free case, a lunch, and a man on the edge. Each step gets closer to losing. There's someone in heaven. Are they looking down? Cause nothing is fair. Just you, the world. I hit the bell, yeah! Falling down.
0: could you not love that? That song's actually based on uh, the movie Falling Down, starring Michael Douglas, a movie that I actually saw in the theaters with my brother. It's kind of about a a guy who's just kind of the everyman living his life. And, uh, he snaps in the middle of a traffic jam. Believe me, it's something I've wanted to do a few times driving home from Boston. I'm sure we've all been there. I thought it was interesting that, uh, This probably being my favorite song off of The X Factor, uh, that Steve Harris didn't write it. In fact, Blaze wrote it with Yannick Gers, which, you know, it kind of makes sense when you look back on it now. Uh, Steve Harris was actually going through like a divorce, I think, at the time. And uh, so he was probably in a dark place, you know. His his longtime buddy, Bruce Dickinson, was out of the band. uh, And they were... You know, they were new. It was just a new band. A new. It, it was a new band with with Blaze as the singer. It just was. And the sound was different, to an extent, and he was a different person going through a divorce. And I, I assume that is why the album is such a downer. Now the, uh, as I say, this was not. This was probably my least favorite Iron Maiden album overall. Over all of them. And, uh, it actually was one of their most unsuccessful albums. And, uh, I found it interesting that they're actually, their next album, also with Blaze Bailey, was actually, I believe, their lowest overall. Or at least their lowest since, like, Killers came out. I don't know the exact facts on that. If anyone knows that and want to send that to me, that'd be great. I'm not here just to talk about facts. I'm here to give my opinion as well. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting in college and, and at this point uh, I got the internet going and I'm reading about the uh, the fact is when is Iron Maiden going to come around? I thought, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I was still going to see Iron Maiden. And uh, they came out with the X-Factor tour. And they spelled factor with tour in it. See that? See how that works? A little play on that? And uh, I think the the fact, if if you just read... The The places that they played, at least in America, yeah, you see that the, the band was in a transition period. Their album uh, wasn't very successful, and I didn't like it very much. And whereas the first time I saw them, I saw them at the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts, I think it's now called the DCU Center. but that's a stadium I'm uh, not a stadium, that's an arena. I saw them years later with uh, Dio and Motorhead there. I mean, that place is like where you go see a basketball game or a hockey game. Uh, with the X Factor, it, they were like stuck playing clubs. I couldn't believe it. The closest that they were coming in uh, Boston was the Avalon Ballroom. And I don't even think that ha- I don't even remember that happening. I remember hearing about they were in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh from the looks of it, those two days were right after each other, but I don't remember them coming to Maiden at all, I mean coming to Boston at all. So to me it was as if okay, you know, the world of Maiden in America is different. New singer, new style of music. They're still my favorite band, but uh you know, they, they're they not going to have the big tours anymore. What am I going to do? Big deal, you know. I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to support them. If, if I get a chance to see them, I'll see them. And uh, I was happy to see that actually, what was it, the same, oh, sorry, I thought my wife was coming in. The same year, not the same year, the following year, they put out Best of the Beast. and everyone knows Best of the Beast, Right. That was, like, the first, like, big best of uh, Iron Maiden with, with tons of songs on it, two CDs. Uh, it was very... I was like, oh, this is, this is huge. This is gonna... This is... I remember reading about it in, like, the Boston Phoenix newspaper, and I thought it was the, the greatest thing ever. Oh, oh, oh! And it came in... Uh, I guess it was released in, in three formats, which I didn't realize. It was a four-disc, 34-track vinyl. Well, I didn't know that one. Then there was a single-disc 16-track CD, which I did not want that. I got the 27-track two-disc CD. Um, two two CD set, I should say. And uh, it was it was basically greatest hits, you know? Uh, they A lot of songs from their uh, 1980 to 1995 albums, and that's, of course, where I learned about uh, Man on the Edge. It's the first time I really said, oh, this is a great song. I, I, why didn't I... Realize this the first time around. There was also a live version of my favorite song off of the Fear the Dark album, Afraid to Suit Strangers, with Blaze singing. That was the first time I heard him sing a Bruce song, which was really cool. And then there was one original song. This song was written by Blaze, Steve, Bruce, and Yannick. And the name of this song is Virus. So now with their new singer, Maiden's put out their first album with him, The X Factor, which I liked about two songs on it. And they released this Best of the Beast with uh, a new single on it, Virus, which you're listening to right now, and I have to say I enjoyed it. I liked the song, and I thought, well, there's there's promise in this yet. Uh, You know, I wonder where Maiden's going to go from here. 1998, I was a senior in college, and uh, I heard that Iron Maiden released an album. Now, where I went to college, it was about a 20 minute drive to the local mall. And being in college means I had no money. I literally asked my girlfriend at the time, who is my wife now, so she stuck with me, I said, honey, can I borrow 15 bucks and your car to go to the mall and buy the new Iron Maiden album? She knew all about me at this point. So, uh I wouldn't say she was happy about it, but she let me uh take the money and run. I went to the al- I went to the album record store, I should say whatever, the music store at the mall. And uh, this was in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, in case anyone's out there. Holla! What was that? Um, And I bought the album with completely no knowledge of any songs, just knowing that this was a new album by Iron Maiden. With, of course, Blaze Bailey singing lead vocals again. And I have to say that I was totally unprepared for what I heard. Folks, as much as I've said that I'm not a big fan of the X Factor, I have to tell you that I am a huge fan of Virtual Eleven. They used that X thing again. They had X Factor for the 10th album and Virtual Eleven for the 11th album. And, uh, this song, this album, just pretty much blew me away because I wasn't sure if, if, uh, Maiden was going to be this dark brooding force that just kind of uh, I, I lived through instead of this band that I wanted to uh, live with. I don't know if that makes any sense. But right off the first, the first track, let's go through the track listing for those of you who don't know. We got Future Real, which was written by Blaze Bailey and Steve Harris. We have the epic Angel and the Gambler written by Harris. We have Lightning Strikes Twice by Dave Murray and Steve Harris. The song you're listening to right now, the best thing that Iron Maiden had done in years, The Klansman, written by Steve Harris. And I love Bailey's voice on it. When Two Worlds Collide, another song I love. Bailey, Murray, and Harris wrote that one. The Educated Fool, another song I love, written by Steve Harris. Don't look to the eyes of a stranger, another song I love, written by Steve Harris. And Como Estas Amigos, okay, that's probably the weakest song on the album. I still enjoy it. And there's another one written by Blaze Bailey and Yannick Gers. To me, the song Klansman became an instant maiden classic. Okay? Uh, When I saw them years later with Bruce Dickinson back in the band... Uh, they played, I think they played three songs from the Blaze Bailey era. Future Real, Man on the Edge, and The Klansman. And I know everyone's heard them also sing Sign of the Cross, but I I never actually saw that in concert, I don't think. God, maybe I did. I don't remember. So many different times. But uh, this song... Is another, it's, it, it, this song is is to me, is a, goes along with Fear of the Dark. Where they play Fear of the Dark at every concert, they should play the Klansman at every concert. If only just for this section.
1: No, no, we can't let them take anymore. No, we can't let them take anymore. With the land of the free. No, no we can't let them take anymore. No we can't let them take anymore With the land of the free No No we can't let them take anymore No we can't let them take anymore No we can't let them take anymore
0: Sorry, but if, if you weren't just listening on your iPod or in your car and you weren't singing along, then I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about you right now because I'm sitting here in front of a desk, dancing, listening to that part of the song. First time I heard Dickinson sing that live, uh, I believe it was during the Dio Motorhead Tour. I was in fourth row, looking right up at him. Uh, it was unbelievable. Because like even those who even those folks who didn't, know the song that well they could sing along at that part and uh, everyone singing freedom like we're friggin Mel Gibson and Braveheart it was I don't know if surreal's the word it was just it was epic it's the same epic feeling you get when you listen to Fear the Dark live you know that gives me chills every time I hear that or every time I get to see it live and uh The Klansman's the same way. To me, if Blaze Bailey can say anything... If anything can be said about Blaze Bailey's time in Iron Maiden, it can be that he sang on one of Maiden's best songs ever. And I know people may not agree with me, but as far as I'm concerned this song is a masterpiece and it it can't be taken away the fact that it was originally sung by Blaze Bailey now we all know what happened here after the following year in 1999 Blaze and the band uh mutually split ways Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith rejoined Iron Maiden and uh The rest is history. Maiden's put out three albums since, and it's taken their title as the biggest heavy metal band in the world back. But let's not forget that for a small window, the voice of Iron Maiden was Blaze Bailey. Now, Blaze Bailey went on after Iron Maiden, to uh, do some solo stuff under the self-titled Blaze. And in recent years, uh, some bittersweet things happened. Well, in 2007, Wolfsbane reformed, uh, with Bailey again taking up the vocals and the frontman duties. Also in 2007, Bailey married his longtime girlfriend, Debbie, Sadly, on July 6th, 2008, Debbie suffered a cerebral hemorrhage. And on September 27th, after suffering a stroke, she died. So if somehow Blaze hears this, uh, I just want to say my heart goes out to you. All the Iron Maiden fans, our heart goes out to you. You are a part of Maiden history. And uh we're very sorry for your loss and uh just hope that you know hope that you're okay. And to uh, finish out the show here today, I actually did find a Wolfsbane Spain song that I thought you might like to hear. And the name of the song is Hey Babe.
1: Hey, babe, I wish that I could tell you just how this situation feels. I'm not, I'm not one for fancy verses where all your feelings get ruined.